Songs are, are, are powerful. Music is a, it's a powerful thing, y'all. Music can, 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 can move and affect our thoughts, our emotions. Let, let, let me ask you this. Have, have, have you ever found yourself singing a song and you wondered, how did I end up singing that? You, you on an elevator, somebody comes on the elevator, they singing Pharrell, getting they happy on, because I'm happy coming on. You know, they just jamming, right? You ain't even sweating them. You ain't even thinking about them. They leave, get off the elevator. You go up to your level, get off the elevator, go sit down. And before you know it, you start. You know, like it, it. Music can at times be contagious. Before you know it, you bopping along to a to a song that you didn't even you didn't even think about. You had you wasn't it wasn't even on your on your radar. Or or maybe you're in the store like like Target, and they're they're playing it over the over the whole store, and everybody's because I'm happy. You know. People are bopping along, and then that guy comes on and says, we, we got to clean up in aisle, in aisle four, disrupts the song, and what happens? Everybody picks right back up with the song. You could, you could be in such different places from different places. One person's in aisle 20, another person's in aisle two, and, but, but there's something that somehow still unites us. In, a, in an experience like you, you can actually have a similar experience in singing a song with a total stranger. But also it's power in music, because not only do you have a similar experience, you also have a unified expression of singing the same song. Family music has this beautiful way of allowing us to experience and express as one. And the Psalms, the, the book of Psalms that you find in your Bible leads us in that posture. The book of Psalms are, are poems. It is, it is beautiful imagery, illustration, simile, and metaphor. Book of Psalms are poems, but they are intended for singing, for worship, usually played over a, a harp or a lyre. And so the Psalms are 150 songs, if you will, but not a song simply about me or a song simply about you. The Psalms are songs of worship to God. And so we have done something, something a a, a little bit crazy. We've tried to take something that is cultural and help you understand it from a biblical reference. So culturally today, we use this term called a soundtrack. And if you'll see, uh, we, we titled this series for Psalms, The Soundtrack of a Godly Life. And if you see the, the little image that we have up there, it's a, it's a dude with his headphones on. And, and, and the, the, the goal is that you would understand this theme of the soundtrack of a godly life. And what is that? That simply means that that simply means that a, a soundtrack will capture all aspects 
of a movie. In a movie, you might have some really low times and you might have some really high times, sometimes that speed things up and sometimes that slow things down. And a soundtrack will capture all different aspects of what you feel throughout the movie. A soundtrack does this very well. And the Psalms are about 150 chapters of a soundtrack for God. You get the, the, the lowest of lows when you hear a lament. But then you get some of the, the highest of highs when you hear celebratory praise and hymns that magnify the name of the Lord. Come on, magnify his name with me. And so the Psalms capture all aspects of who we are. And we think it is timely that we study this book because family in the past couple months, we've been on some some roller coasters of emotions. I mean, if we can be honest, there are some of us that have that have gone through some low times of wondering, how are we going to make ends meet? Of wondering God, I know you love me, but I don't feel your presence. God, where are you? Of wondering, I know this person you gave me is a is a blessing, but right now I'm about to bless them up out of here if they don't act right. I mean, come on. We have had some emotions, but we've also had some rich times of of relationships being strengthened. Of, of neighbors doing things that have been beyond what some of us could have ever imagined and some of us being recipients of love that we could not have dreamed of. And so right now, I think we are in our own kind of soundtrack and the goal of the Psalms is not to allow your emotions to lead you and guide you, but for you to keep your emotions in check according to God's word. And so the Psalms are beautiful because we can relate. The Psalms are amazing because they're artistic, they're poetic. And so there's going to be illustrations, they're going to be imagery, there's going to be uses of words that help you construct a picture in your mind that just takes you there. It just takes you there. Jesus himself did this. In In Matthew 23, Verse 27, Jesus is among the 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 Pharisees and and he has he says this this little thing. Check out the the poetry coming off of Jesus lips. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites could have left it there. Everybody would have got it. Okay, yep. Hypocrite. But notice the imagery that he gives. You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of dead men's bones and everything unclean. Dang, Jesus. Giving giving it to him like that. Like 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 I got on the brand new suit. I'm looking straight fresh, but you're saying I'm rotting on the inside. I mean, do you get that imagery? Do you do you see the the beautiful put togethering of the words? Yeah, I made to put together a verb, uh, an action word. Come on. He put it together so beautiful that you felt like you were right there and you could just see them like oh, dang, Jesus. Psalms is is book 
after book, chapter after, not book after book, excuse me, chapter after chapter after chapter of imagery that is brought to life so that you can can not only understand and get a mental, uh, uh, get knowledge of God, but that you can enter in and allow your emotions to connect with your knowledge so that you can have a full experience of God. And so we are going to be walking through Psalms over the next few months. Now, I want to give you a quick snapshot, and, and I, I'd be interested in hearing from you guys, which, and don't, don't try to Google it, which soundtracks do you, like, most resonated with you, did you love the most, and which ones do you think were the most successful? Your favorite soundtrack, most successful sales soundtrack, throw that in the chat somewhere. But I want you to see that there's six different categories that the Psalms fall in. Okay, six different categories. And throughout the coming weeks, we'll be covering what all of these are. I'm not going to break down each of them right now. But there's hymns, laments, songs of thanksgiving, songs of confidence, divine kingship songs and wisdom songs. All right. There's six categories that the Psalms fall into. But today's chapter doesn't fit into any of these. Actually, there's only two chapters that don't fall into any of these, and it is today's chapter that we're covering. Chapters one and two. I'm not going to go fully through two, but we will uh, understand how two continues on the mindset and the understanding of chapter one. So if you could, please turn with me to Psalm chapter one, verse one. Psalm chapter one, verse one. And it starts verse one. We're going to read through verse six. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by the streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so but are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will stand in the judgment. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Verse one. Blessed is the man. Blessed is the man. This this term is 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 a simple term that Pharrell has made a ton of money off of. Blessed simply means happy. And there used to be this movement of like separating the difference between biblical joy and biblical happiness. And we don't really know why that movement took place, because we see these terms intertwined within the gospel. That yes, being blessed 
should bring you joy and happiness. And those two things mean that that your emotions, the very being of who you are, are impacted by God. It's not joy isn't just like I stay sad, but I know he's good. No, like there's this happiness. There's a a vibrancy. There's a a life that takes place when you are blessed by the most high because things have changed. You ain't the same no more. And you acknowledge that it was because of a holy God doing something amazing in you. And so to have God's favor on you, it's got to be some joy. It's got to be some some happiness because that is your new reality. But sometimes the way you learn how to keep your joy is in learning what not to do. Sometimes the approach to being able to experience all God has is you learning what not to do. And in the home I was raised in, if you did three things, you, you, you was all right. If you if you did not do these, if you let like 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 operated and and allowed yourself not to do these three things, you'd be good. Okay, thing number one. Don't don't uh, let me make sure I get my list right. Don't talk back to mama or daddy. Do do not talk back. That 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 that, that you can live a prosperous life in in the home I was raised in. Number two. Don't get caught playing video games when you're supposed to be doing your chores. You, you, can, you, can do, you can do pretty well. And thing number three, don't you leave a little bit of milk in the whole gallon when you know somebody's going to come after you. you. You do them three, don't, don't, don't you do them three, you're going to be all right. You see here, we're getting brought into God giving us some limitations, some, some instructions, some guidance to say, hey, you are blessed, happy because of me, joyful because of me. Let me tell you what not to do so that your joy isn't stolen. Three quick things. Number one, do not be in the counsel of the wicked. Why, why should we, we not only don't want to be in the counsel of the wicked, but what you're doing by being in the counsel of the wicked counsel means that you are sitting up under the wisdom and the advice of another. And what you're saying is this person who's wicked, their perspective matters more than God. You're saying you're, you're willing to come up under them and be a learner from them. So no, no, we, that is not the way we operate. That is not the way the blessed walk out this life. We do not sit in the counsel of the wicked. Number two, does not stand with sinners. Does not stand with sinners. One of my good friends used to, used to tell me the, uh, the Bible first, don't be fooled by those who say such things for bad company corrupts good character. He would always say, his grandmom would say, bad company corrupts, corrupts good character, man. Just like, watch who you with. And, and this is not speaking to people as Christians should never be around sinners. No, no, it's not, it's not that at all. It's actually speaking to the posture of being around like-minded people who are sharpening one another. And one way or another, either you're sharpening them 
that they would live for Christ or if your goal is to see them as as folks who have influence on you and helping guide and love you well, but they love you from a perspective of wickedness. You're putting yourself in the council or in the in the in the you're standing with the wrong crowd. And so don't put yourself in the council of the wicked. Don't stand with sinners. And lastly, don't sit in the seat of scoffers. Or as the the CSB says, or don't sit in the seat of mockers. A mocker is someone who makes light of serious things. You see, that that person would not, that person has a, a worldview that is so different than God's that instead of seeing holiness and God's approach to life, they look at that, laugh, and then create their own narrative of what truth is and what, what should be. And so what you'll find yourself doing, and the, the interesting thing about something like this is, you won't even have to ask that person what they think. When, when you are uh, sitting at the seat of scoffers, you begin to take on their worldview and it begins to influence you. You all jacked up. I, um, I, 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 I think I told y'all this. One of those uh, uh, embarrassing times in, in marriage. I'm, uh, we, we, we're not too long married. And I, I came up loving music of all types, but not country. But I loved music of all types. And um, R&B was my thing. And so I don't know if it was, you know, uh, mint condition or, you know, can't even say R's last name now. Nope. Um, it might it might have been Jodeci. But somehow I had in my mind to say this to my wife one day. So we chilling, just relaxing. And uh, I lean over to her and I say, girl, don't you ever leave. What? See, my, my wife loved Jesus. My wife, my wife loves God. And so she looked at me like, what, is you, what are you talking about? Like, what? This is, this is the death do us part. Don't. Like, how could you say something so stupid? She didn't say that, but that was the, that was the, that was her. And as I look back, it's like, yeah. You see, I, I was, I was drinking from a worldview that I had brought into my Christian marriage. And I'm thinking I'm about to do something smooth, girl. Don't you ever, Leon, don't you ever say something that dumb. You see, what, what happens when you start to delight and sit with, with, with scoffers, folks that just mock at God's ways and redefine how things should be, you start taking in those worldviews and they are so unhealthy. It's so counter to who God is. So sometimes there's some things you're not supposed to do in order to live this blessed life that God has for us. Continue with me to, to verse 2. And I, and I hope you saw even in, even in verse one that it's progressive, right? It starts with walking. Then it's standing. It ends with sitting. You, you see the progressive aspects of doing life with the wicked, of how, how you go from asking what they think 
to ending up being a proponent of unhealthy, unrighteous, evil thinking. Now you sitting among the crew. Be careful. Be wise. Look at verse two. But in his but, 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 but in his delight is the law of the Lord. That but is saying there's a way that folks behave. You should not. But I'm going to show you how to behave. But his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law. He meditates day and night. Delight. It is it is it is the idea of uh, finding great pleasure in. It is the the concept of you having having like oh such pleasure and and uh, you can't say the same word to define the word such delight in delight. You know, it's just this deep pleasure. And so notice what it says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. It also, uh, other versions will say his delight is in the instruction of the Lord. That word, law of the Lord and instruction in the Lord. If you got your Bible, you just want to circle that because it is, it is through that lens, the instruction of the Lord, that you read the next 149 chapters. Instruction, instruction, instruction. The the Psalms are songs of worship for God's people, but they are not just so you can have a praise fest and go on. They are not just so that you can hear your beautiful voice singing as you try to compete with how beautiful my voice is. The, The Psalms are not for that purpose. The Psalms are for the purpose of you worshiping God and following his instruction. Following his law. The Psalms have an end goal in mind. That there be unified expression of this God and a unified experience of worship. But that we would live it out, walk it out. We would not be sitting at the seat of mockers. But we would be delighting in the instruction of the Lord. But it says this word in the next part. And his law and on his law, he meditates day and night, meditates day and night. Meditate in, in the, the Hebrew definition is actually way different than what the world says today or even how some others define it. Some folks define meditate as like this transcendental like place where you go mentally and you enter into kind of a nothingness like that is that is so far from what the the Bible is describing. Actually, this this concept of 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 meditate is actually defined by a a, a deep moan, a, a a growl. It 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 comes from the concept of when an animal finds a piece of food and they have great pleasure in it, and you don't hear words from animals. All you hear is. Rum, rum, rum. You hear this, this growling, but, but, but I, and I'm not even an animal person, but I know the difference between when a dog has just been given a bone and he's just going to town on it from different aspects, flipping it, chewing it, gnawing on it. And when they are angry, 
Those are two different growls. See, the, the context here is one of, of you feeding on something that you found pleasure in. And it's not even a word that can say it. It's just, it's just like, mm, 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 mm. God's instruction, his word is so good to me. That's what that's what meditate is, is, is when we come to it and we're we're trying to understand this thing from a variety of standpoints. And the Lord is saying, and that is where you're going to find delight. That is where you're going to find joy. Don't be out here wilding, trying to get advice from from people who don't rep, reverence me and see me as holy. You want to find joy, you want to find happiness Go to the word. Meditate on it. Let it be your delight. Continue with me in verse three. Because this, this is not our this is this is not our, our our next phone. This is not our our new car. This is this is instructions that you actually are supposed to use. These are instructions we're supposed to take and apply to our lives. These are not just things we just take off and run with our own spirituality. No, we are supposed to submit our faith to the maker. Listen to the design that he has created. See the way that he has crafted a way in which we are to live. Continue with me in verse three. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. Now you see this beautiful imagery coming in, right? Now you see this, this amazing uh, uh, picture, right? You're getting the, the tree that represents great strength. But, but the strength is also connected to what nourishes it and where it's been placed. Who planted it there? God. Who put it right next to the thing that could nourish it and feed it most? God. And what is that? What is that? That sustenance? Streams of water. You see, you see the, the, the picture now is, is this image that a tree is planted, that, that we are able to have our being, our rooting in God's word. It's like a tree planted right by the streams of water. But it's, but it's not simply for our own good. It's not for us to be able to sit back and like com- compete with each other. Who got the most rings? I got the most tree rings. Who, well, how many rings you got? Uh, no, there's an end goal. Come on, family. There's a, there's a, there's a, 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 a reason that the Lord does this because he wants worship unto him. And then he wants an expression of that blessing that he's given you to be manifest in this world. We get to be an expression of God's glory here on earth. An expression because it is his light that shines through us unto this world. And so, you know, a tree by its fruit. And so it says that it yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither 
at, at some point, the goal is for us to be blessed by God and then be a blessing to others. At, at some point, through God's instruction, we being planted and rooted in God's word, his stream of life pouring into us, we are blessed to be a blessing. That's why I loved Edith's video. That's why I loved what her, what her grandmother said. We got we to, gotta, yes, we probably got to spend some time breaking down the whole scripture that was there. But, but the heart of, I think what the heart of her grandmama said, and I don't know, is basically, hey, I'm going to use you to go and care for other people. If somebody hungry and you see it, go help. That God could use you. So, so, so at some point, we're supposed to be bearing fruit. And what God is showing is that, hey, I got the plan for a great fruit, of, uh, for you to just be all fruitful. I can hook you up. Have you looking all fruitful in abundance if you would just, just delight in my laws, delight in my instruction, meditate in chew on this thing that 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 it would dwell richly in you in your heart and all that he does he prospers continue with me verses four through six the wicked are not so but are like chaff that the wind drives away there's this there's this uh See, because most of us are not farmers, we don't really understand the concept. And the concept is, it's a simple one, actually. It's one where they would, the farmer would take wheat and the wheat would have uh, chaff and the grain together. And what he would do is take his ox and the ox would go around in circles and just step on all of the wheat and the chaff together. And then the farmer would come, take all of that together throw it up in the air. And what happens is the chaff is carried away by the wind. And what remains is the wheat that you harvest and then go and use. And so the, the idea is that, yeah, though, though it might seem like we're all connected, there comes a time when judgment will expose the grain of God's people and the chaff of those that were wicked. It'll, it's going to be carried away as easy for God as a blow in the wind. So why would you want to align with that type of thinking? Why would you want to align with that type of end goal? Why would you want to let your life be connected to something that is not having an eternal end in mind? Look at verses five and six. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous. Eternal game in mind. I, I remember um, we have amazing teachers at our school, and uh, my, my five-year-old is learning how to read, and uh, he's, he's going through what are some of the more difficult aspects 
And that's just like learning your letters, what the letters, the sounds of the letters, and then what combining those sounds can produce. Now, it's, it, 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 I'm grateful for the approach that the teachers are taking because they're teaching him the basics, right? But if my son stops simply with learning his letters and doesn't use that actually to be able to read, learn, benefit himself, help his intellectual ability, like there's a world that is so much greater than just simply learning the letters. Learning the letters moves you towards an experience that is that that learning and reading and understanding and comprehension can develop you and help you have such a rich and beautiful experience. I bring that up because the, the wicked may do some things that look like it's holy. They may do some things that that looks like they're getting ahead. But honestly, all they're doing is small gains that don't have a lasting impact, don't bring you towards full maturity, actually bring you to a place when at the end of the day, when judgment happens and there's an eternal outcome. It's going to be blown away by the wind. Family, don't let your life be lined up with something that is so fleeting. Allow your life to be connected to Christ and what he offers. There's a a simple call to salvation today. It it helps us because chapter one is is showing you this, this, uh, these opposite sides existing. Good, the blessed, or evil, and the unrighteous. Now you've got to say, which one will I choose? Good and blessed, happy and joyful, unrighteous, short-term gain, unrighteous, wicked end. And, and chapter two just helps us see that in, a, in, a, in, in more beautiful language. It helps us understand chapter one played out in more beautiful language. That's why even at the end of six, you see a comma at the end of, of six because it, it goes right into two. This would have been a long, this, 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 it doesn't just end easily with the chapters. But, but, but the call to salvation today is simple. What instructions do you want to live by? Do you want to live by instructions that can bless you and give you an eternal end so that when judgment happens and by judgment we mean someday you will die and you're going to come before the, the God who made you, who created you? And he'll say one, one simple question. Did you submit to my son, Jesus Christ, as Lord of your life? Simple question. 
did, did you heed my instruction? Did you, did you read my laws? Did you listen to them? Because all of my laws, all of my instructions are pointing towards Jesus. And so if you are a person today that is saying, I don't want to live like I've been living. I don't want to keep submitting to the, the ideas of the world. I don't want to be. If there's another way and it's in Jesus, then I want to start today. And I ask you humbly to pray this prayer. Lord, I don't know your laws, but I want to live for you. I'm willing to follow your law. I'm willing to meditate on your word. I'm willing to admit that I am not in charge and I want you to be the head of my life. If you can pray a prayer like that, today can be the beginning of new life in Christ. Christ died on the cross so that you could be able to experience new life. So you can start fresh. Not start remembering all the bad that you've done. Actually start realizing that in spite of anything you've done, no matter how bad it is, God loves you and he died for you. He died for me. And so we pray that you've accepted Christ into your life. But if you are a, a, a person that is uh, walking with God, then there's two simple questions I ask of you. One, are you a person that's willing to help expose the mindset of the scoffers and the mockers? When, when lies and unhealthy truths and, and, and um, these mindsets that seek to, to rob and fool and trick God's people are abound, do you ignore them and look the other way as your brothers and sisters in Christ are being duped? Do you reach out to one another and say, you know what? I know you, I know you do this, but, I, but, I, but do you mind if we talk about it a little bit? Because it doesn't seem to be lining up with, with a godly perspective. So I ask, do you, do you expose some of the mockers and scoffers that, that are at times influencing our people? And then second, what's your fruit looking like, baby? Your, 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 your fruit, what, if, if you are planted by the stream, this God loves you and is nourishing you, then what does your fruit look like? I leave it that open because if I start to limit it and start saying what fruit should look like, then it'll be more of Pastor Leon and less of Holy Spirit. But I think you can have loving people in your life that can celebrate the fruit that's there or say, not quite growing in a way that, not quite meeting the potential that you could have. And so we pray that you would be saved today or that you would be growing closer to Christ and looking more like him through sanctification. Let us pray. Lord, we are grateful for you. We know that you are in charge of all things. You have, uh, you spread joy 
way further than than the billboard charts can reach, way further than Pharrell's song can reach, Lord. The joy you bring and the happiness you give is, is, is beyond what we can describe at times, and we are grateful for it. Father, would you allow us to choose you, bear fruit, be blessed by you, and bless others. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.